Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. We are slapping out a late episode so that we can still call it this week. We're going to pretend like we got it done a bit earlier and then it was... What if we were doing this on Tuesday instead of on fault. Friday, but we're doing it I've and it'll be great. Town. I was out of town. We're going to call that the Blame excuse. yourself, yeah. Becca. Blame yeah. yourself. So we just warmed ourselves up for a podcast (laughs) by listening to the Matthew West song, Modest is Hottest. Well, if you haven't caught the um, conflagration over that one, I saw it. Somebody posted it on Facebook. I had heard of Matthew West vaguely. I knew the name. I was in no way... I had not. Like... Yeah, I was because my girls had friends who liked Matthew West. So, like, I knew of... Matthew West, but I was in no way like following his career, you know, with every twist and turn. But somebody posted his little modest is hottest video, and I thought it was quite funny. I was like, let's well, just say, let's just make go. our position plain. Bless the man for doing Bless a him. funny thing. It was funny, and you can't argue with that. And then I just asked Rachel if she'd seen the outrage and mayhem from a lot of Christians triggered someone also messaged us saying i'd like to hear flipping out yeah yeah so anyway then uh we went to show rachel the video nowhere to be found but it has made its way to the today show and newsweek everybody is so angry that he went okay, so, so far as to write so a funny listened. song. A funny yeah, but song. this is, and I think that it's actually the funniness that makes people so mad because uh-huh. he, what he's doing really brilliantly in that is assuming a lot of things. Yeah. And he's assuming things that actually are publicly available data for everyone <laughs> that we're all in denial about. Like the thing that the whole world right now. And, okay, this ties in with something that I don't have a dog in the purity culture fight because we were actually never part of the purity culture as far as an actual movement where people were getting promise rings and having, like, there was a deeper kind of purity culture. Like, there was a cultural Christian thing that was a little weird and that was higher it was something the we people, were never like, part had of. membership in yeah like of, and like and we, we were, were never that. part of that there was no time that we did in any ceremonies surrounding no. anything i mean no. that we just weren't part of that world but but i want to say that when so when i see all the outrage about it i do feel a little undereducated about what some christians may have grown up in yeah, do you know what i mean like sure. what because it's very unfamiliar to me mm-hmm. that's like but the part that I just can't get over is the fact that who cares what purity culture did? Purity is still a requirement, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So if some parent did a dumb thing with a promise ring where they were trying to impress on their daughter to stay a virgin until she gets married, they might have done some weird stuff with that. Like yeah. they might have, you know, made them think that sex is an evil deed in right. all they locations. They may have been hypocrites they, themselves. They may have, yeah, they may have been a hypocrite. They may have all kinds of whatever. But the truth remains that your daughters should be virgins until they're <laughs> married. And and it's not... And of course, I say that because it's an open truth from Scripture. This is, It is yeah. an open standard mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the Word of God. Does that mean there's no forgiveness? Of course not. But does it mean that should we sin that grace may abound? 
Certainly not. No, we should not. And so the idea of us all being so hyper-casual about morality, Mm -hmm. like as though that's the only Christian way, is just totally overlooking scripture and the clear requirements therein. this is one of the points that dad or maybe grandpa has made, which is that if a hypocrite has driven you away from God, then let's be clear and notice that that hypocrite is closer to God than you <laughs> because they are between <laughs> because you and the Lord between. And so if you, if you run into a hypocrite that's saying something like, if you don't make homemade bread, you're no kind of a Christian. You don't say I could never serve a God like that and run the other direction. You say, excuse me, you're in my way of pursuing Christ. Right. Like I don't need to let this be an obstacle no. between me and the well, Lord. And even Christ says of the Pharisees who are the sort of arch typical you know, hypocrites do as they say. Yeah. Don't do as they do. What they're doing is you not good. Be but able what they're to distinguish yeah. between someone who's correct on paper but lives really badly. <laughs> right. Okay. So like the That's whole vision forum snafuzel that happened. <laughs> oh, and that was another Christian culture world that we were never part of. So like we didn't I do remember being a little breath taken by the catalog once when it came. Oh well. When the catalog rolled sure. in with its Paul Revere uniforms. There was some shock and awe for sure. <laughs> the costumery and things involved. <laughs> there were plenty of things for Christians to be to feel like that's weird. That's yeah. a red flag there. Something yeah. odd has happened over here yeah. in this area. But but even then the hypocrisy and the things that unraveled after that. The, the thing is, is that what was true that they were doing is not changed because they failed, yeah. right? What truth there was there is not yeah. discredited by the fact that no. dumb people were involved. No. Like, that's how it always is. That's, Any more than marathons are discredited because some people don't finish them. You know, it's just yeah, sort or, of like... Okay, but the, or this is the thing that, um, that I think is... Uh, it's like... Dad says this about translating scripture. I know this is I'm really going sideways here, but I think it's a common thing. Okay. And he was saying there's this desire to say that scripture comes down purely in one form, only in the original language. And that translations are like constantly weakening sure. that. Shadows. And dad makes this this argument that scripture was always intended to be translated. Yeah. And that it's a feature and not a bug. That That's it, when, Pentecost. I yes, mean, and that when it gets translated repeatedly and told again, and does it is not diminishing it, and it would be diminishing it if we were losing all of the, you know, if you were, if it was a telephone game, like you well, get the message and now you don't have any of the other. Let me give stuff. you a quick example of the diminishing possibilities because it can be diminished, and that was a little cup I had with a smoothie in it on my trip. I texted this to you. Yeah. It, it was said, a great... like, you are brave. You are wonderful. You are educated. You are intelligent. You are fully... You are so super adored. important. You are yeah. strong. You are all of these things. First John 1. No, third John 1, 2. That is an example or of... like... That's not what that Something said. went wrong. Something happened there, but it wasn't third John. And... You know, like you yeah. can. You well, that's can what I was saying. Lucy Goose. It's it. not so. One of the examples that Dad will use is that you read di- the passage in different translations, and you get like different translations have different emphases on what they're doing. Like 
accuracy or translating for the meaning or the technical, you know, like mm-hmm. whatever. So if you read a passage in five different translations yeah. and the original, you have a far better sense of what was actually It's happening. like walking around a statue. Multidimensional. And it from right. different angles. Okay, so the reason I was going to say it's a feature, it's not a bug, it's actually an important part of it. Well, the fact that God makes the church out of such diverse people is not a bug. No. It's the feature. It's not a... And so when you find yourself in church next to someone who shares none of your inclinations, tastes, dreams, anything, nothing, literally nothing in common except Christ, that's not because something is really wrong. That's a, that's a good thing. Like it's good for us to have to deal with the translations that we don't care for (laughs) that come from other believers, you know, like, uh, and that's another way of just saying the body has all different parts, you know, like there's a lot of people who wouldn't have wanted to say what Matthew West was saying in that way, but they should be totally fine with someone doing yeah, it. Now, here's the thing that I think everyone needs to just take a breath is one thing is people have no sense of humor anymore because everything in there to was, say he the was, least. he was actually mocking a whole bunch of things all at the same time, including himself, including and himself, including the, the phrase, everybody wants to be his hottest. Yes. He was making fun of modest is hottest. He's making fun of aspirate like trying to talk your kids into being modest by saying the boys love it yeah. the best. Yeah. He's also making fun of fearful fathers. And yeah. he's also making a true point. And he's also being super hilarious and affectionate. And the dad that is like, hang on, hang on, you're getting too cute. We're gonna yeah, have to it was great. It's like Grandpa Jim telling us we're gonna need to put, he a, said, he put always, a paper bag over he your said head. He said it to us all the time. He says it to my girls now all the time. He said, Pretty soon you're gonna have to come over here every morning for me to put a paper bag on your head. <laughs> and, he, and he says it to Titus. He's like, You're gonna have to start putting a paper bag on Chloe's head. <clears throat> now the thing is is he, I thought it had a surprisingly light touch because yeah. I have seen people go the way of modest is hottest in all sincerity, not thinking that they're being funny at all. And, okay. And to be honest, that's cringy. It's a little cringy because I... It's just painful because, because the reality the is, is what categories are we accepting here anyways? And And also, like... We're supposed to be modest because God tells us to, not because it's hottest. Well, because you it's know. not... If the whole concept of modesty was to be yet more alluring, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, something has gone wrong there. Wrong. Like, if you could wear right. a ton of clothes to really make yeah. the boys look and at you then, you're actually being immodest. Right. And, yeah. and so the thing is, is I have seen people go for the modest is hottest with a very straight face. And that is awkward. It's just, there's no doubt it's awkward, but it's awkward when it's people who are attempting to obey God. Now they might be doing it in an uptight, fearful way. They, there might be lots of problems, but at least, at least they are attempting it as opposed to the people who flagrantly don't care at all that God said Mm -hmm. to be modest. Right. Well, and that's, and that's the people who are attacking this are attacking... I mean, I haven't read all their arguments. I'm just saying they're freaking out on a personal offense level. Like, you have traumatized me by reminding me that girls are not supposed to flaunt their bodies. Uh, 
And that's just a thing that no Christian can be apologetic or offended by that. No. And like, because, and this is important because in every era, the gospel is an offense and a rock of stumbling. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. Yeah. And in the back to the ancient Greeks, the incarnation was an outrage. Yep. Like, because it actually stuck its finger in the eyeball of everything the Greeks held dear. Of, yep. like, this ethereal, pure, untainted world. And the fact that God would willingly become part of our Earth. earthiness was an absolute outrage. Like, almost a blasphemy-level situation, mm-hmm. right? Like, that was so... Not their thing. Mm -hmm. And then... And the Lord's Supper was cannibalism, you know? Yes, yes. And then if you fast forward to any era where you think of like... So in the Victorian era, what was the offense of the gospel? Probably the prophets. Probably the... You know, like, who the the people that... there There have always been ways in which the Bible and what Christians are called to is a straight-up offense in a culture. And right now... What is the straight-up offense of the gospel to, I would say, Christian women, which is funny. Like, to women in our Christ, in our popular evangelical kind of right. world who should know the Bible but don't know the Bible. Is any kind of constraint upon you? Yeah. Any kind of you ought to be doing good works. Well, you ought to not be immodest. You should not be fornicating. You should yeah. not be having an affair. You should be respecting your husband. Anything that impinges on what we think is our well, the outrage and that, free that will. I was seeing, the sort of anger that was going around in my little corner of the world where the people I saw freaking out about it. They look at that bug. What is that? I think that's a bee. No, that's not a bee. Is it a cicada? I don't know. Or is it just a bee? I think I'm... Guys, we have an entomological moment. Should I try to take a picture of it try so we can share with the listeners the I'll nasty... I'll take a video of you taking a picture. No, I don't. So that when it flies in your face, we'll get the reaction. Oh, it left. Well, I'm glad you guys could join us for our little forays into naturalism here. I think it left. Rachel, the naturalist. Okay. All right. That, I just did a night. It was like a Chinese fire drill during yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I got out, circled out. the car, came back. Rest assured, it was an ugly bug. Now, yeah. here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> the people I saw who were angry. There was a there was a sort of a, a buffet of options of things <laughs> that could make them mad. One was, this was so triggering for me. And that, that's the sort of purity culture. I grew up in the purity culture. So now I, I can't hear anyone talk about modesty without me having a, you know, sort of a fit of the vapors. Well, because what, what (laughs) comforts my poor heart is shorts that let your buns hang out the back. That makes me feel safe. I feel safe there. But if anyone says, keep your rear end inside your shorts... I feel triggered. Yeah, triggered right out. Triggered. Yep. Stress. So that was one option. The other one was, how dare you blame the girls? And, you know, like, why don't you talk to the boys about treating girls with respect no matter what they're wearing? Oh, my now, heavenly here's the day. problem. I just, first off, of course, your sons, you should teach to treat women with respect. Of course, you should, you know, teach them to not be, you know, 
leering monsters. Obviously. But you know what? You should also teach your girls that they live in a world of leering monsters. And it's true that they do. They simply... It it is true. And and one of the things that's so funny about that to me is that, like, you know if you send your dog off to be trained to be a real bird hunter? Okay. They do all these exercises where they... We have bird dogs that are not trained. Becca and I both have bird dogs that don't bird hunt. No. But they do all these exercises where they let them into a, like, a little whatever place with a ton of birds and the and the, in a container okay. pretty much and they're like trying to train them to hone in on one and go okay. for it but they let all the other dogs stand around and watch it from the out so there's all these dogs circling okay. around this rink but the whole reason that they would do this is that they're like the whole point is to heighten the prey drive like they have something they have something inside themselves that they are just with from birth but the training them to really be this way puts them constantly in situations where they just make them so excited to watch it and see, you know, like okay. whatever. And it, we live in a culture that is like doing this exact thing with human sexuality yeah. all the time. Like we want everyone to have their constantly beginning themselves more and more worked up about this. So the idea of acting like sexuality and human sexuality is of no import or issue in our world (laughs) at the same time as it is literally the only thing we're all doing all the time. Now here's, it is like, we can't stop. I think that we should be modest primarily because God said to now, there are other side benefits. Once you, you know, there are be modest because God told you to, when you prioritize it because it's obedience, then you find out a lot of the gift of that requirement. Yeah. But see, like when we went to Rome on our (laughs) famous road trip with Nate and Heather and got everything stolen, uh, before we went, we, you know, you're reading up on what should you do, whatever. All of the advice is wear your purse on the side that is away from the road because people on little scooters will zoom past and cut the strap of your purse and make away with it. So wear it on the other shoulder, you know, things like that. Now imagine somebody gave that little advice and you said, how dare you? you? I want to wear my purse on whatever shoulder I want. And how why dare do- you not rebuke the scooter yeah, men? Why, why don't you fix the scooters? Hmm? Now the thing is, Obviously, the assumption here is those men on scooters, we don't like them. We're trying to foil their plots. <laughs> it's, this is not like an encouragement of the scooters. We're, it in is fact, simply... if there are other measures of <laughs> catching the scooter thieves, you we know, would endorse them. <laughs> but at the same time, like... Obviously, it would be it would be very pleasant to be able to walk around Rome with your purse on whatever shoulder you wanted. Yeah. But... That is not the world that Rome is. Yeah, Rome is <laughs> so, not the one. So the thing is, is I just feel like that's not the only reason to be modest. It's not. But if somebody points out, hey, we live in a world of leering monsters, and you probably don't want to give them an eyeful, and then all the Christians, how dare you? I Why don't you address them? Well, yes, also, obviously, address them Everybody too. who's more whizzed up about purity culture than they are about, is it actually the case that Christian women are required to be modest? 
it's like, you know, there's not actually, it's sort of like, there's a lot of escape clauses that Christians have penciled into their Bible. Like, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, unless you have a headache and your day is being difficult. Or you're depressed. Or what if your kids are annoying you? Yeah. They're just like, see... They would just never. I'm like not it. required. No one's meeting my needs. And things like be modest is like, what if it's not the cute clothes I want to wear? It's like, <laughs> well, deal with it. I've, I I've told people, and I think it's ridiculous, but still funny is, I'm like, you know, if the Bible said you have to wear a huge red bow with white polka dots on your head, you should be doing it. Yeah. It doesn't. So I feel... Thankfully. I feel that that's nice. So and if somebody to. told you, you must wear a red bow with polka dots on your head. And you'd be like, get out of my way. Like, no, I'm off to doing something yeah. else now. No, but the thing is, I, I just feel like we live in this really ridiculous moment where being hurt, offended, upset, and angry on behalf of myself and the mysterious others. Mm-hmm. The others. It's not me I'm concerned about. It's the others who will be triggered by this. You don't know whom you're scaring away from the faith. Right. That is the flavor of the month. It is the flavor of the month in the world. I mean, did you see the Mumford and Sons guy just had to resign? This is so crazy. No. He, what is he I done? don't. I don't follow Mumford enough to know all the names of all the people, but he's the banjo guy, I think. During lockdown sometime or other, he tweeted to an author, finally had time to read your important book. That was brave. Whatever. And, I think I saw that, but I didn't know And it was a New York Times bestseller book. It's a criticism of the far left. That's all the guy said was finally had time to read your important book. That was brave. Freak out. Freak out of the entire world. And at this point, then he apologized. And now I think he's feeling kind of bad that he apologized. And he's feeling like this is just between everyone. And so now he's just resigning so that he can believe what he wants to believe without it all washing over all of his friends in the band. So it's kind of like. He's just distancing himself now so that the anger so will that, not hit yeah. them. It will just hit him. Now, the thing is, and he doesn't even seem to be a Christian at all. Like, all he did was and casually it, mention oh that that word, was so important. But, so, I'm just saying that it seems like this has happened to Matthew West, too. But the yeah. shameful, the shameful thing is, it's the Christians who did it. And it's because, like, the world is so captivated by the idea of being angry, upset, offended, and, and a victim... That the Christians always, you know, chugging along behind the world saying, hey, wait for us. We can do it too. They, we want to be also angry, offended, upset, and victimized by everything. hurt. Isn't it? Wouldn't it be great if we could just be hurt a little more? Mm -hmm. And I will say that sort of triggered on behalf of others thing. I, that one. Also, I just like. Whenever I've heard that little line of like. It's I'm the other worried about I'm all worried these about. other people yeah. who are going to be hurt by what you just said. That is always code for me. I was mad. But, I was mad. But, but, but I have to say it on behalf of these other... Yeah, but sometimes I will say, sometimes when someone really loses their cool about something because of the people that you might insult. When I've had people do that to me about my tone about something or whatever, they are pretty much just universally... There is no, like, they're saying things that are not founded in any, like, they're just, they are venting their own emotions. Yeah. And that's 
pretty much how it always is. Yeah. But I do know, like, I want to leave room for the fact that there have been times when, you know, when you're there and you can't believe what someone just said out loud. And you're no, like, yeah. I feel bad for someone you else. You should not yeah. have said yeah. that yeah. because yeah. look at this very obvious way in which that was a horrible social move. Like, what have you done? So I'm not trying to say no. that can't happen. But I think, I think that in that sort of instance, let's say you're at a baby shower and some lady was really tactless and you happen to know that this girl over here. Well, it's then, like that you know someone you wants do. to be pregnant. And can't get pregnant and someone else says, when will you finally start having kids? Right. Now, if that happened, if you decided that what needed to happen was you needed to pull that woman aside and tell her something, you would be saying it about a specific instance and person where you happen to know. I'm just saying this kind of like you're hurting the gospel and the testimony because of... This is a great example. Say you're in a baby shower. You know somebody is really having to overcome a lot of things to be there celebrating joyfully with someone who's having a baby when she's been wanting a baby for forever and you're aware of the struggle and then some third party comes up and makes a says you know children are a blessing why don't you try you should start trying you know they say something well here's the thing number one that was awkward of that person yeah but there is obligations going both directions in that And the obligation to love the person who's in a difficult situation and needs encouragement and the obligation to love a person who lovingly made a big buffoon of themselves. And it's an obligation for the woman who's having a trial to not be personally offended, to not be worked up about it, to be loving in the other direction. And so that would be a very specific thing where everyone owes love to each other and letting love cover a multitude of sins and et cetera, et cetera. But what happens now is that everyone acts like public discourse is always that kind of an interaction. So they say, you can't write a tribute to motherhood. Like this woman that wrote, uh, Thing I think it was in the New York Times. It might have been somewhere. It was in a big paper that she wrote. Like she had kids when she was twenty five, and she's why she has no regrets about mm-hmm. that. Massive outrage and blowback at her. Yeah. Everybody tweeting how gross it was of her to like having kids. You know, like just an amazing yeah. whatever. But they're yeah. all acting like this was yeah. exactly. Oh, I thought I was getting interrupted, and I wasn't. <laughs> um. Uh, like they're all acting like this was a personal rude thing. Yeah. And like she just came up to me and said, Becca, I hate your decisions. Yeah, right. But the funny thing is everybody who freaks out about what she does. Now you are. Now getting interrupted. they're actually being personally offensive to one to person her. who was. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. Yeah. Yes, love. Um, what should we do? Oh, just be awesome. Okay. But um what should we do? But awesome I will say okay. the mysterious others though. This is like I remember reading ages ago, it was some counselor, I think, for like juvenile, you know, whatever. And they said, I have met so many kids who got into the bad crowd, you know, and they got led astray by the bad crowd. And he's like, Interestingly, I've never met the bad crowd. You know, it's sort of like everyone always falls in with the bad mm, crowd, but the bad crowd themselves never manifest. <laughs> it's, it's like you've got all these kids who are Maybe in and out of prison, I am in and out of drugs. Crowd. That's the thing. Is it's like, and and I feel sometimes like this. I'm so triggered on behalf of all the people who were going to be triggered by that. It's like, 
Or maybe it was just you. Maybe you just maybe you got it. mad. But <clears throat> and maybe and instead of this is just like maybe you're actually being part of the problem instead of part of the solution. Like right. you think you're being a solution, but you're actually being yeah. the problem. We're and having. going back to the what you were just talking about at the baby shower analogy. Remember growing up, we were always mom and dad always said it is a sin to provoke your sister. And it is a intentionally sin like to, to be provoked. Yeah. It is a sin to, you know, offend them. But it's a sin for to no be reason. Offended. If you're giving offense, yeah, because but with, I just mean, like, like intentionally trying, yeah. yeah, maliciously. It's if you go up and are rude to your sister, then you sinned. If your sister freaks out because you were rude, she sinned. Yeah, we say this all the time with one time about raising kids when somebody comes up freaking out like when my kids were little praise the lord that they have actually this has not happened in many years because i have well moses could still get something like that going probably but either way i back when they were all the same age and they would go (laughs) down the playroom it was not unheard of for someone to come up in a clear swizzle with others to accuse people of taking the dress up skirt they wanted or you know a basic your basic childhood squabbles but if they were themselves clearly out of control and clearly whatever then they were absolutely part of the problem Uh and part Uh of the what happened here and and so we would go over it all the time like if you're having a problem with someone you need to come up and tell me you're having a problem without you having already embarked on a freak out like you know this is not how we do it and it's just interesting how much everybody seems to think right now that society is going to be bettered in some bizarre way by us all rage raging freaking out out, offended being hypersensitive to everything scene in acts where they all are chucking dust in the air (laughs) i feel like who's hurt by that but the crowd because nobody now they're just down there in a dust cloud like (laughs) it's like nothing there is productive but that is really the moment we're in where did matthew west make a joke about how dare someone act like normal things are normal anymore okay okay i have to say because this is related and I find it very funny not very long ago like when we were I mean just rewind what 20 years maybe we the world still had a sheen there was still a shiny attractiveness yeah in the world like it still had something like that and I was most tickled lately by the ad a a Victoria's Secret (laughs) That Rachel is it unbelievably <laughs> funny. And and you can't not enjoy it. Like, when you see it, I was like, I was just getting the giggles. Because I remember when it was a real problem. When people would really be like, what the heck? Somebody subscribed me to Victoria's Secret. Like, yeah. like, where you get a catalog in the mail. And it was just like, come on. Like, who wants yeah. to get this? soft porn catalog in the mail to treat our random house members to uh, when nobody meant to have it you know yeah what a grievance that was oh i know people are like how do you even get off the mailing list i don't want this assaulting us well then i see this victoria's secret campaign that is the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life because it's the old body positivity but it's so not body positive (laughs) it's so funny 
It's this whole lineup of people in assorted white underwears of real heavy, uh, multi-ethnic. Everyone looks grumpy beyond all. Someone's wearing white tights. There looks like there's a few compression socks in the lineup. And uh, But on the end, on the end is this willowy man in like a bowl cut. An incredible bowl cut. Sandy hair. A turtleneck. No, and nothing no. else, a turtleneck and like tube socks. Standing like a little it looks like he's probably in the ballet, doesn't it? Like it he's got like a he's... little the posture perfect uh, <laughs> but standing next to like I mean here it is the most gosh awful looking gathering of misery that you've ever looked at. And and it really tickles oh. me because oh, boy. I was like, Man, they've really lost They've yeah. really lost the, the illusion. The illusion of an amazing ethereal life somewhere is like, <laughs> well, here what we have is an odd chap in a turtleneck. <laughs> and I'm just and saying that in a world where this exists, what the heck would be an outraged at Matthew West? Because here's Matthew West just assuming the fact that yeah. girls are attractive to boys. Like he's yeah. all he's doing yeah. is just making and you know what radical I just assumptions. Say, though, is Victoria's yeah. Secret has never assumed that before, so you know, like how dare Matthew? Yeah, West? no, but that's the thing. that's so funny is that now Victoria's Secret is like sexuality is a thing that cannot be known. We are we are all muddling around in our white briefs. <laughs> every direction from this operation. <laughs> the thing is, is that I, I think that there is a lot of spiteful envy going on in the Matthew West debacle because a, there's people who, um, I'm so triggered because of my upbringing. There's the, everyone's going to be so offended. This is going to turn them off. Three, like you're contributing to rape culture. Yeah. By just, oh, aren't you? Yeah. By by blaming the victim. You know how you're, you're blaming the girls. Yeah. How you're that, really contributing to rape culture is by raising some beautiful daughters who seem to be secure in their father, and their father cares about them. Right. That's the patriarchy. Has, it's a big problem. Who has a funny enough relationship with them that he can write a funny song about it, and it's there's so much obvious affection yeah. between him and his daughters. It is not. The austere dad yeah. saying, "Get back to your room, young yeah, lady, and no, don't no. come out until you're modest." Totally. Like it isn't that; it's just this like. Oh, there they come. But I think that um, our culture is so dominated by fatherlessness, and I think that was a Father's Day thing that uh-huh. he did. But our culture is desperately fatherless. And let's just be real; it's exactly what fathers are supposed to do Ought to daughters. To. Ought to is say, "Oh dear." Yeah. You gotta keep Ooh. this light under a bushel, or so yeah, it's not. or even like maybe longer shorts, hmm? Or maybe not wearing high heels with that. Yeah, maybe and look a little less like that. Yeah, and the thing is, is that I do think that the envy of that that relationship mm-hmm. is fueling quite a lot of this anger and upset. But our culture is fatherless at the most fundamental level because we've rejected God the mm-hmm. Father. Mm-hmm. And then we also are, we have an absolute 
you know, epidemic of fatherlessness just in our culture. So there are all these people raised without a dad or raised with a terrible dad. And then they see that and they hate it. Mm -hmm. And that is the mark of envy right there. Because Mm -hmm. envy wants to see the person who has it, get it taken away. Not, it's not about like, oh, I wish that I could, I wish that I too could have that. It is, I want to see them not not have have it. it. And, and so whenever you're looking and comparing and say, but they had such a better, you know, more wholesome life than I did, how dare they? You've got something that is fundamentally skewed. But I just think like the poor guy, like did this funny little video and the fact that it's been pulled off the internet in like every single department terrible means that he's probably having a wicked bad time right now but i don't know i would assume they're having a horrible and honestly with the level of backlash that it got i who knows if it's just the fact that his daughters and wife are in the video might be part of the reason because the like the hate is so yucky so high about it and i think it's just shameful that christians are behaving like that because there are a lot of things yeah that you could be righteously angry over but why that's busy not yourself one about this? That's yeah. not one of them. And I do think that you should, like, everybody should do a little mental house cleaning on what are the things I allow myself to get offended at. Because getting offended like that is legitimately ungodly. Yeah. And it's not, it's doing uh, and if nothing. It, and if you say, but look at what an offense they committed over there. It's like, well, you're you're just turning one offense into two now because their sin has now provoked you into your own sin. And pointing a finger and saying, but look what they did is never an excuse. I mean, biblically, that is never an excuse for your own sin. You're supposed to, when someone strikes you on the cheek, and that presupposes that they walked up to you and tried to smack you in the face. As opposed to accidentally elbowed you in the train. You know, like, somebody walks up and slaps you in the face. What are you supposed to do as a Christian? And there are a lot of Christians not behaving like that. Well, it's amazing how few there are behaving in a level-headed kind of a way. That's just like, let's just mind our own lane. And the thing is, is sure, I'm sure the purity culture had a lot of stuff that went astray in it because guess well, what you know we the live great, in the world all you have to check on is how have we been liberated from the purity culture and it was not towards greater godliness mm-hmm. it was towards grotesque statues being presented to Gloria Steinem like that's the yeah. that's the great liberator of the purity rings yeah and it's i just feel like we could do without that. It certainly didn't bring us closer to God. No, and I do think Christians have a tendency to treat with far more latitude and kid gloves really genuine wickedness. Oh, yeah. But then when they see a Christian who said something that... Got, Moderate tone police for yeah, Christians. Yeah, then, but a lot of... Then that's a zero for, tolerance, hang them high, I hope they never get to perform again. You know, yeah, let's destroy them. But but if you brought them a a trans advocate, they'd be like, we need to we need to just we give to them listen. grace. We've got to yeah. we've got to come close to them. But if it's a modesty advocate, how Grind dare them they? How into dare they? a dust and then make them drink the water <laughs> we put it in? 
<laughs> yep. It's like we just want to destroy mm-hmm. everything. And about I do this. think I do think just having a dad with a good relationship with his daughters, a good enough relationship with his daughters that you could laughingly joke about a subject like modesty. No, it says a lot for him that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they were like mm-hmm. there's it's funny because that may be the first thing I've ever known of him, but I like him for it. But like, you know good what? Good job, you. I will say, though, in because you didn't see the video. So the girls are... I saw part of it. I just didn't watch the whole the thing. The one comment that... Because my, like, my girls thought it was hilarious. Like, I showed my kids and they were like, ha ha, that's funny. Because they understand that yeah. it's joking, you know. But it's also making a point. But it's doing it, you know. Anyway, uh... The one, the one criticism, one of my girls said it. She's like, eh, I kind of hate it though when they make the girls kind of have like the eye rolly, yeah, like yeah, yeah. And she's like, because it makes it seem like the girls are not on board with it. Where, yeah, but they should. And be so, on. what I'm saying is, like, for my girls, like they were kind of they were uncomfortable with the lack of respect uh, from the daughters. Oh uh, well, or just the fact that, like, I just, you know, yes. It's not, well, okay. But it wasn't even a criticism. It was more just kind of like, I wish that the girls didn't look like the ones who were like, yeah, trying Being to go flicky. out and be, yeah. And, it, and that was I do, okay, super but this mild, is, and but this anyway. is a thing that I just want to say for Christian women everywhere and all of you who have daughters, taking the Victoria's Secret ad into account that this is like a dystopic, apocalyptic situation. And you need to realize that we are the only people in the world trying to raise beautiful women. Yeah, exactly. And that think about it. Think about what kind of a powerful thing that is. Women who actually understand the beauty and glory of femininity and respect it. Respect the fact that they're made to be mothers and Mm -hmm. wives and that beauty is a gift and immodesty is a way of of putting yourself on the clearance rack. Yes, but Im- immodesty. Exactly, but immodesty is a way of not being a steward of a gift that God gave you. Yeah. And that female sexuality is a beautiful thing with a great purpose. Well, and that, but we're like literally. Yeah. Even Victoria's Secret isn't acknowledging that anymore. Yeah. And well, I I'm assume they are somewhere because I'm, I'm how sure else they are they going to sell anything to? No. The common commodities. I'm, I'm but assuming they're still going forth with their own They're probably also still doing the problems they were doing before, but they just have also introduced <laughs> an element that Men really tube woo, takes the sheen off of it. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is Christians are literally the only people in the world right now who are caretakers of feminine beauty. And don't think that that doesn't matter. But and, this job is not a significant one. And... I will say that there have been people who have used the modesty thing in lots of skewed, perverse ways. That's totally true. We're going to leave them out of the discussion for a second, and we're just going to assume <laughs> Christians who care about God's word and who are not hiding some deep, horrible, complicit perversions, okay? Just normal Christians. I do think that if you have something you believe to be really, really valuable— you don't leave it laying out on the front lawn. You don't. No. You treat it in a particular way. And if you had something that was really priceless and you thought it was priceless, then you would probably keep it up on a high shelf where people can't 
get yeah. to it easily, or you would keep it behind a glass door, or you would and, whatever and it is. I just want to add this because this may come back around to the sort of whole purity culture thing. In doing so, you do need to be careful that you don't communicate to your daughters. They, there should always be a end point, yeah. meaning that sex within marriage is a glory, not a not right. a shame or a disgusting. Yeah. Where because I, I do think that people who have tried to emphasize trying to emphasize modesty or purity yeah. have done so at the expense of. So let's just say like there's a way of keeping something set apart, set aside where not everybody's going to get their grubby hands all over it. And then there's a way of hiding something under the sink because it's the toilet brush and you don't want that out and about. Yeah. Now the thing is that actually is a sub- substantial difference in what do you think mm-hmm. that right, because, a woman's because glory Because a godly is. wife should be a crown to her husband, yes. not a toilet brush. Right. That, like it is a different but thing. Just because you keep something away from the general public doesn't mean that you think that it's bad, worthless. No. And in fact, it does mean sort of the opposite. Say you had a bunch of heirloom jewelry, you do not actually take it with you like those popcorn vendors on a tray to just sort of wherever you go, you have it all out to just see if anybody, if it catches anyone's fancy or if right. anyone manages to snatch right. some on your right. way by. You just treat it with a yeah. different kind of reverence. Yeah. But I, I really mean it when I say that actual feminine beauty and strength and glory is something that our world hates right now and that that means that our job is more important not that it's like like don't let that don't let that make you shy away from really thinking about it talking about it you know and I do think that um the current total madhouse that is our nation's take on gender started a long time ago with an attack on women and it started you know, in the mid 19th century with, you know, the earliest feminists and, or even earlier than that, if you want to go to the proto-feminists. But the thing is, it's been a relentless attack for, you know, well over a century, going on two centuries. Uh And if you just made a lot of headway, if you, yeah, look at where we are now, they've really nailed it. Um, but I will say that if you think about this in sort of a spiritual battle kind of way. I think that if an enemy has been attacking a target relentlessly, one of the things you could assume about it is that it is an important location. You know, like in a war, it's a key item. Sometimes you end up fighting just because that's where you happen to bonk into each other. It was in that field. But most of the time, you're going to pick to send your troops to the place that matters, right? Mm -hmm. If you were going to decide where to attack, you're going to go for something strategic. And the fact that the sort of unbelieving world has gone for women first and foremost is Mm -hmm. a real... I think it's really telling. I mean, Mm -hmm. that femininity actually really matters. So I have to say something, because this is a little bit of a personal anecdote, but... I never bought into feminism, but what I knew of it, I think sometimes it's easy to kind of assume that these are really well-educated, smart people and that maybe they have a compelling argument. I mean, I like, it's easy for Christians to maybe feel like I, 
I'm a Christian, so I have to not believe that, but Mm -hmm. that it might actually be of value or something. Okay. I don't even remember when this was, but when I, I think it was probably in high school, but I was totally cracked up by the fact that I, I, uh, found a, um, I ran into some feminist, I don't know, manifesto of some kind (laughs) and really blew my hair back because the whole thing was like, we will not have won this battle until women have urinals. I was just (laughs) like. What? Like, yeah. just the absurdity uh-huh. and yeah. the lameness of the whole well, thing. because we've got the chest-feeding men. Yeah. Know? But, you know, this was a long time ago. Yeah. And that the thing, and, of course, if you look at the whole picture of it, it's a rebellion against the fact that God actually assigned us our parts. Yeah. And it's a rebellion against the fact, I mean, abortion has been that, that they want there to be no consequences. Nothing unique yep. about a woman from a man that... Yep. That... You would like women shouldn't bear more consequences of immorality. Women right. shouldn't, you know, it was just sort of like this is all unfair until we're all equals. And for whatever reason, they had chosen the urinal as sort of the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate, then we'll know we've arrived. Yeah, and I the was sine like, qua non. I really just, it just was a great moment where you felt like, uh, I wasn't being attracted to feminism before, but I was still startled by the yeah. level of absurdity. And I, I keep proposing this, but I'm like, we really need, you know, there's national talk like a pirate day. I feel like we could really do with a talk like a Christian day. That's just like sort of a practice singing overtly obvious things in public. Like, <laughs> like, Hey just girls, like, you're, you're real cute. I've noticed the boys coming around. Yeah. Make sure, make sure that we're not keep your buns in your shorts. Uh, or say, <laughs> or say you were at, uh, the grocery store, they're like, did you find everything? It's like, yeah, thanks so much. Have you noticed that boys should marry girls and they should have babies? <laughs> I just like, you just practice just saying the most shockingly obvious things in public. Oh, you'll be canceled. Girls are supposed to be beautiful. Luckily, luckily we've already been canceled. The whole world so. has been canceled so hard that I don't, it's just, <laughs> it's getting really old to like, you know, the outrage. Yeah. Okay, I actually have to go, but I, it's been nice cleaning up my attic. to be here. I have to I'm tell you a bad it. update on the measuring cups. The measuring cups are doing quite well, but my backup set, before we ever used them, got dropped and one of the main ones broke. The plastic ones. What? I just was like, guys. <laughs> I It's probably because it was more like a melamine. It was a more mm. brittle plastic than... I was in a Sur La Table yesterday, and so I looked... You? at a set of the copper ones I've been again. ordering things from Sir Latab. Oh, well, I was looking at it, and it does say on the tag, hand wash only. And I was uh, like, ah, oh, see, I didn't even... I assume I got mine from Williams-Sonoma. There's not a speck of copper left on my cups. And so I assume it's because I didn't read that little note. Maybe. But, like, I'm sorry. They're my measuring cups. What do you think? What kind of pampering do you think yeah. I'm going to do to my measuring exactly. cups? Exactly. Okay. Well, until next time. Well, we probably got ourselves canceled on that one. So Well, if we didn't, I'll be disappointed If you us. never hear from us again, it's because Guys, we've been canceled. Guys, we're about to be canceled for saying that Matthew West. is hottest. <laughs> or at least that Matthew West. And we West think it's funny. Saying modest is hottest was, was funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. All right. Bye. Bye.